please begin the practice this afternoon by being open to whatever's here now. The willingness to be open to what's true is a heartfelt quality. It's one of the ways the heart expresses itself with the absence of greed or aversion or confusion. The heart-mind is open to what's true. And the Brahma-viharas, or the divine abodes, are part of what is woven into our practice of waking up moment by moment by moment. It's often expressed in the gasho, in the putting together of one's hands when one bows. And it's really one side is wisdom and one side is love and the various expressions of love. And the two come together to reveal our devotion to opening and waking up. One of our old friends who's now gone, Rick Fields, he said it this way. He said, spirituality is that place where the utterly intimate and the vastly infinite meet. A place where the utterly intimate and the vastly infinite meet. And that's the personalness of our heart opening to these Brahma-viharas, these divine abodes, or these sublime abidings that are not fixed or limited to time and space. And as Matthew said yesterday, as he introduced us to the Brahma-viharas, he talked about this manifestation of the awakened heart as love. And it's the various, he said, species, I believe, of love or Flavors is the word I like to use, the different flavors of love, of loving kindness and compassion and joy and equanimity. 
and they're an inherent part of our nature that are available here for us to rediscover with our presence, with our awareness and our present-centeredness and our being open to discovering what's true and what's here. What's, what is, what is our, what is really our heart? And when our heart is free, it manifests these different flavors that come with a goodwill, love, friendship towards humans and to other beings. And it responds to stress, one of the translations of dukkha that our friends our friend Tanasaro Bhikkhu uses, he translates dukkha not as suffering, but as stress, which comes in all forms. We respond to stress or dukkha with compassion, with kindness, with empathy. And when we respond to joy, to the well-being of others, it comes with a kind of resonance or delight or sublime jubilation. We're happy they're happy. We're happy they're successful. And this opening of the innate heart comes with reality, meaning it comes with a balance that includes all the different flavors, but also sees the big picture of human and other beings' truths. It's sometimes called the equanimity component of the, of the sublime abode. It's sometimes called grandmotherly love. It's the love of those of us who are old enough to have seen it all, understand it all, and we still love it all. Doesn't mean we like it all, but we see the, the bigger picture so that we can love ourselves, or love others, 
or love the world, even with its dukkha. And this quality of our experience, the Brahma-viharas, ultimately is unobstructed or boundless or limitless. It's really the heart that's free And you don't have to do it. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to make it happen. All we want to do is open to it, discover it, do as the Buddha said, which is, Come and see for yourself, is that true? And so we do the practices that the Buddha suggested and see what's true. One of the ways he said it, he said, it is in this way that we must train ourselves by liberation of the self through love. Sometimes it's translated by liberation of the heart through love. We will develop love, we will practice it, we will make it both a way and a basis, take our stand upon it, store it up, and thoroughly set it going. This is from the Buddha and the Samyutta Nikaya. It's a beautiful powerful offering of an understanding of what we're doing here. And so the the beginning of this practice is the first abode that we work with is metta. It's really the foundation of the awakened heart. It's a quality of the heart and mind that enables us to open with acceptance and kindness to all aspects of our experience, both our internal experience and our external experience, and to cultivate an attitude of friendliness to all. Mm. And I first practiced the Brahma-viharas many, many years ago with um, Joseph Goldstein and Jack Kornfield and Sharon Salzberg, who were when they used to teach together in the old days. And it was very, I think Matthew used this word, softening of the heart. I was very young and very um, diligent in practice. Very, uh, I think now they would say that I was striving 
a lot. <laughs> I wanted to be the best meditator. <laughs> and it was so nourishing to taste the honey of loving kindness instead of the stridency of wanting to get something. And this was just very simple metta practice that would be done every day, a little period of metta to melt or desolidify the heart and mind. And traditionally, um, metta was a practice that was taught as a protection from fear. It was for the monastics who were afraid of somewhere they were living and they wanted to flee and the Buddha offered this practice Sometimes I've heard in the mythology it was ghosts that he, they were afraid of. Sometimes I've heard there was wild animals. But either way, he, he had them offer loving kindness for the ghosts or the animals, for that which scared them. So you could take a moment and just reflect for yourself what obscures or what blocks this inherent heartfulness that is sitting in your seat. What, what, is, what is solidified your heart? What has what concretized your heart? And this is without any self-judgment. This is kind of normal human dukkha meaning we all get hurt or have been vulnerable and experience pain or fear. And there is something that we keep freeing ourselves from is that is the concretization of greed and hate and delusion. And so we don't want to add any self-judgment as we reflect. We just want to see the truth that, that we've suffered. We've had stress. We've had disease. We've had hurt. And it's the same for other people also. Because when we do loving kindness, we do it for ourselves and we do it for others. And it's often more difficult to see the pain, the hurt, the heartache or heart hardening that's in people we don't like. We can see it easier in people we care about. The uh, most, uh, I don't know if it was the most difficult talk I ever gave, but I was doing a series on love at San Francisco Insight a few years ago. And, uh, and loving kindness was part of it. And I did 
one teaching about doing loving kindness for Donald Trump. And there were a lot of people who weren't Trump supporters in my sangha. And they had a little reaction to that, doing loving kindness for Donald Trump. As you might imagine, if you, some of you might not be Trump supporters. Of course, if you're, if you're not Biden supporters, you might have the same, the same reaction if we did loving kindness for Joe Biden. But the point is that the loving kindness is not just to people we like or where we agree with, but it's seeing the suffering, the stress, the dukkha, the difficulty, and wishing these people to be well, to be free of their dukkha that may cause them to act in ways that we don't agree with. So we'll do a little loving kindness, this offering of goodwill and friendliness of metta. And I'll tell you a little about how I practice and we'll, we'll do a little of that style. Um, one thing is I use phrases and we do the repetitive phrases, repetitive metta phrases. And, and then um, we can stay with the phrases or if we feel the love or the heart open, just radiate the, the loving kindness. And either way is fine. And combining the two is fine, which is probably more what I do. And so it can be helpful to think about what do you love? And it could be anything. And I, I mean that very sincerely. What is it that you love? Whether it's your friends or your partner or your family or your parents or your grandparents or um, chocolate, I mean, or, or whatever it might be, you know, the warriors, whatever touches your heart. And you want to just feel that a little bit, whatever it is. And even, even if you don't love anything, which maybe some people don't, if you like anything, that's a subset of love. So liking's good enough. You know, if you like dark chocolate, that's good enough. Or if you like not dark chocolate, which is not my thing, I don't like that so much, but you might. And then just feel what's here, because these are concepts we're using, right? About parents or children or friends or chocolate or the warriors. So you want to sense the concept that stimulates something in your heart, because the love is right where you're sitting. It's not actually in the warriors or in the chocolate or in your partner, the love that you may feel is in you.
And so here are some phrases, and you can shut your eyes. It helps because one gets a little more concentrated with one's eyes shut. And then very quietly, very gently, like a whisper, like a loving whisper, you say the phrases to yourself and just feel it. And remember, there doesn't have to be an impact. It's still good just to let the intention and the love waft through you. And the phrases that I use, which are pretty traditional, which is with a very slight Eugene add-on. Here, I'll give you the traditional. The, the most simple traditional are, may I be safe? May I be happy? May I be healthy? May I live with ease? Then you just continue saying this for a while, over and over, very gently, very kindly, and see what happens. May I, may I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. continue saying them on your own. It's really four main words, safe, happy, healthy, ease. And if you've been doing the breathing meditation, you can do one phrase with one breath. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease.
just very gently continuing to do the phrases. Even while I'm talking, if my words come while you're practicing, do the practice. If you feel connected to the practice, you could make it even simpler and say safe. And feel your heart, your wish to be safe. Or happy, the wish to be happy. or healthy. Or ease. So that you sense what's being expressed in the concept of may I be safe, happy, healthy, at ease. When I do 
Brahma-Bahara practice, metta practice. When I'm on retreat, I do a slightly altered version of this simplicity. And I'll give you my version, which is, may I be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm. May I be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm. May I abide in happiness, true happiness. May my body be healthy and strong. May I live with ease of well-being. And it's the same practice, just repeated. May I be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm. May I abide in happiness, true happiness. May my body be healthy and strong as much as possible. May I live with ease of well-being. And then repeating the phrases. And these are, of course, variants of safe, happy, healthy, ease. And you can use my variants or you could use your own, whatever feels true to you. May I be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm. I wish this for myself. May I abide in happiness, true happiness, the highest happiness. May my body be as healthy and strong as possible at this time. May I live with ease, ease of well-being here and now. Letting your heart sing, speak, And you can let the phrases be as simple as we started with, or you can add more texture to the different flavors that we're offering.
And let's take a few moments and offer loving kindness for others here in this room. And it's the same practice. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. And you can just feel or sense or remember different people you've seen or walked by or who you may know or don't know. But just offering it for the people in this room Actually, I'm going to back up a little, offer it for someone you care about first. They don't have to be in this room. They could be outside of this room. Offer about someone it's easy to open your heart to, whether, or some being that's easy. Could be a child or a, um, a grandparent, or a friend, or an animal, a cat, or a dog, and offer them those sayings, may you be safe, protected, free from inner and outer harm. May you abide in happiness, true happiness. May you be healthy, may you be well. May you live with ease. Just remembering, feeling, sensing someone who it's simple and easy to offer your good wishes, your friendship, your hearts goodwill. If you've picked one person, you could pick another. Somebody else.
And then take a minute or so and offer your heart's good wishes to the people in this room now. The people sitting in front of you or behind you or to the right or left. And it could be an individual or it just could be everybody here. May you be safe, protected, free from harm. I wish this for you. May you abide in happiness, true happiness. May your bodies be as healthy as possible at this time. May you live with ease, ease of well-being. I wish this for you. And it's very traditional to spread this infinite, boundless love out everywhere. And we do it many different ways, but we'll just simply say, may all beings be safe, wherever they are, in whatever world, in whatever realm whether they're in North America or South America or Asia or Europe or Africa or Antarctica. May all beings be safe. May all beings be happy, human beings and non-human beings animals of the sea or land or air. May you abide in happiness, true happiness. May all beings be healthy, whether they're insects or alligators or elephants or turkeys, or humans. May all beings be healthy. May all beings everywhere live with ease, ease of well-being. Sending our love out in every direction, in this world and every world, 
May all beings be safe, happy, healthy, at ease. May all beings be free of dukkha. Oh, please remember that this is a practice. It's not a perfect. It's something we're exploring. And uh, don't add any self-judgment about it at all. And you don't have to like it. Just see what happens as you do it and as we explore it. And of course, I'm going to end with a poem from... Alice Luderman, who said, this is a slightly edited version, but she said, don't tell anyone, but even as a good Jewish girl, I loved Jesus. I loved his dark Semitic eyes and how his friends were all the poor and the prostitutes, and he would even go to hell for love. He's just like that Buddhist uh, Buddhist Bodhisattva of Compassion, Avalokiteshvara, except his name is easier to pronounce. It's hard to yell for Avalokiteshvara when you're in big trouble. But oh, Jesus comes naturally. I just don't want to die saying, oh shit. I'd rather go out like a Tibetan Lama lying on my right side, my head turned toward the direction of my next birth. But let's face it, there aren't enough, there aren't enough in however many years I have left to become that enlightened. Following Jesus seems so much easier. All you have to do is love everyone. Well, seems is a critical word here especially with the particular people you find yourself all around. Right? She said, yeah. Following Jesus seems so much easier. All you have to do is love everyone. Well, seems is a critical word here, especially with the particular people you find yourself all around. But then if you really look, what else is there to do? Thank you for your practice. We'll go to the evening meal. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.